For soft, smooth, romantic hands. Windsor. Lotion. John. The makers of Windsor's Lotion for soft, smooth, romantic hands present... The amazing Nero Wolf, starring M.L. Elric. As Nero Wolf, the celebrated criminologist and Mark Fellhauer. Archie. You ass interrogative the question's out of my face. It's gone. What are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, M.L. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay, you want to go right now, Albert? Uh, actually, I don't want to go right now. I'm just finishing up an email, and I told uh, these two... Uh, 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 what? Over-consumers of saltpeter that I needed 30 seconds. So let's let the Smiths play. It is the 37th anniversary of the Smiths' debut album titled, Sean... Shoplifters, which is a new movie that features 20 Smith songs that's about to come out. I figured you would have known that. Yeah, thanks for trying to be culturally relevant. No, it was the <laughs> Smiths. Culturally relevant. We're talking about that. something that's... Yeah, it, was, it was called the Smiths, but okay. <laughs> are you done with your All email? Right. Adult swim time. Uh, we are g- pleased to be with you here on ML Soul of Detroit. Uh, Mark Fellhauer is here. That's pretty cool. Sean Windsor, he's also here. Um for better or for worse. Are you okay? You all right? No. A little flustered? Oh, he's... Yeah, well, first of all, sit up straight. <laughs> I'm trying to see. I, I, I'm trying to think. Is my arms? Is this socially distanced now? I'm thinking. Can I get this six feet out there? I don't think I can. No gadget arms here. But enough of the foolishness. We are grateful to be joined today by Mike Ratai, defense attorney uh, par excellence, fearless defender of the Constitution, and uh, and a few dirt bags, but also some some pretty cool guys. Uh, <laughs> No need to go on the record. Yeah, it runs the gamut. Come on, we're we're <laughs> we're finally friends now. And I'm about to blow it. So I, let me let me let me quickly let me get to quickly get to Dina Desjardins. I messed it up. You asked her too exactly how to pronounce it's, her name. It's not that hard, Mel. Wait, well, yeah, uh, Mike, why don't you pronounce it? No, that's what that she, that's what Sean says, and he says it only happens once in a while. Um, <laughs> Dina Desjardins, who is here with us for Green for Life, who is the uh, presenting sponsor, the title sponsor of the women's game in our 2021 Clark Park Charity Classic. Now, Mike and I started this game six years ago, believe it or not, Mike, at Clark Park. It's got to be longer than that, dude. It feels like it. Yeah. I know. uh, It's longer than that. This is 2021. Then we started in, oh, 2013? 2015. 2015? Yeah. No. Yeah, it it ended early with good behavior. (laughs) That's what happened. It was... uh, yeah, we started. I'm, I'm going to check my file, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm with Rad Tie. I think it's older than that because I remember it where is. it was. Yeah. So I'd like to go to Dina since she's the only one I haven't fought with yet. And we've only been on the air for a minute and a half now. But, uh, but yeah, no, uh, it's been going for a while. And uh, we have raised over $100,000 mainly because as a reporter, I can't really ask for money. But Mike Ratai can call people and say, hey, hey, it's Ratai. I need a big F and check, except he doesn't say a big F and check. And he doesn't leave it there. He kind of, I think, implies that it would be in their best long-term interest to present said check forthwith to the children of Detroit. And thanks in large part to Mike's contacts, Mike's tenacity. 
and the fear he strikes into everyone who has ever had any encounters with him. We have raised a lot of money. And this year, largely in part because of our super fundraiser, Jim Cassidy, and because of the generosity of people like Dean and Green for Life, uh, National Fleet Services, and uh, a couple other folks who I think you'll be hearing from on this show in coming weeks, we are on track to raise more money than we've ever raised in a year when we don't have any ice at Clark Park. And we are creating an endowment so that contributions will continue in perpetuity. So if you donate to Clark Park this year, you will in some way donate to Clark Park in every single year until the rapture. So that's a pretty good deal. And we will tell you how to do that. You can go to patronicity.com, search for Clark Park Classic 2021, and you can make a donation there. As you can see, we are nowhere near our goal, but this page just went live yesterday. So we would appreciate it. If you could dig a little deep and help kids in Detroit who deserve every opportunity, um, uh, a quick word about the reason why we are going uh, forward this year, even though there's no ice at Clark Park, our friends at the Eastside Youth Sports Foundation, who uh, also take care of the Eastside Hockey Arena, have allowed us to use their ice free of charge. They have been generous financial supporters of this charity for years, and this year, Paul Fayad. Uh, Brian Francis and the people over there at the Eastside Youth Sports Foundation are helping us put on a game that is helping us help a lot of kids. And we hope that, uh, that the blessings that they are making possible will also be visited upon them. So uh, that's a lot of yakking by me. I'm already yeah, out well, of breath. Well, we're used, John and I are used to it. It's, it's, like a, it's like a minute 45 shift skating center um, and, and trying to uh, – trying to keep up with uh and it's still going and kenny who i i usually i don't skate with kenny i skate away from kenny because uh kenny gorno is 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 no joke there was self-awareness there for two seconds Mark. mike's closing uh rad closing <laughs> <laughs> so mike uh, tell us a little bit about uh about what you've been up to man i know you got bobby ferguson we're trying to trying to get him uh no you were good after the question mark we're trying to get him a little freedom, <laughs> and uh, and I know you're a busy, busy man. Well, that's yeah. I mean, you basically just summarized it. Just uh, grinding it out every day. I'm out waiting for the courts to open so we could start trying the cases again. But um, we've been busy. Justice, the wheels of justice don't stop just because there's a pandemic. We just haven't been able to try cases. Is there so. a is there an amazing backlog of uh, of stuff you have to go clients you have to represent? Well, I think that once the courts are finally open, um, at least in terms of the criminal cases, I mean, I mean, yeah, we're going to be, I mean, they're going to be piled up like cordwood. I mean, we got one after another, after another, after another. Obviously, the people that I have not been able to, or were not afforded bond, will go first. But, um, you know, uh, it's going to be... Um, I mean, there's going to be hell to pay once this uh, we yeah. get this pandemic under control with uh, vaccinations and uh, this herd immunity thing, and people are re ready, willing, and able to come down and sit as jurors. And and so, yeah, I mean, but it's coming. I mean, we're getting closer and closer every day. What a nightmare. actually when it's going to happen remains to be seen. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, coming. It's a nightmare, and the wheels of justice always move slow. Is there any way to speed it up? Want to get caught up? Or I mean, is there any plan? Oh, I'm sure. Well, I mean, you know, in the federal court system, Judge Hood, she's going to make the decision on when she's going to open up that uh, uh, the federal courthouse um, in terms of the, the state courts. 
it'll be up to the chief judge uh, to open up the court for trials. But there's so many things that have to happen Jeez. before you can actually have criminal jury trials. Obviously, we can't try cases with people wearing masks. Um, hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, just, you know, you got a bunch of jurors sitting up there with masks on. How do we know they're not saying, Jesus, Rattai, you're a real fucking asshole? You know, we <laughs> we got to be able to see that. That's a, that's a pretty so, safe bet. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Mike, do you do you think that uh, that there's at some point when you when you get these cases moving that there's actually going to be uh, a lag because it, it feels like prosecutors have not been bringing cases during the pandemic? I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I heard of uh, a slew of really high profile indictments coming out of uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office and even at the county level. It seems like most of the cases that they're bringing forward are strictly for violent crimes where you really have to bring charges. Otherwise, the person who's uh, believed to have committed some heinous crime will be roaming the streets. Well, that's that that's a good observation. I mean, in the federal system, clearly the, the grand juries have they haven't you know, they 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 haven't been seated and they tried it for a minute. And then some people got sick. They were using the big uh what do they call it? The Michigan room over there in the federal courthouse, you know, that big uh, conference room. Um, but um, you're right. We haven't seen a lot of federal indictments uh, in during the pandemic. There have been some, uh, but not a lot. And um, you're right at the, uh, at least here in Wayne County, you know, the, the violent crimes are being prosecuted, um, but there has seemed to be a little bit of a lull as to nonviolent crimes, but you know, it, you know, it's hard to say I'm not on the inside, but I know that there haven't been, at least in the federal system, there haven't been a slew of um, indictments coming our way. Yeah, and, and they, they do bring cases. I don't want to make it sound like the feds right. are, you know, are on hiatus, but right. do you think people are getting away with stuff? I mean, when you're with the FBI and IRS and, and all these other federal investigative agencies, it must be tough to go embrace somebody and sit in their living room and go through a, a battery of questions when everybody's like, don't come in my house. Don't sit six, right. you know, don't sit close no, to I'm me. I'm sure that's a problem. I mean, I haven't really talked to any FBI agents or DEA agents or um, ATF agents or what have you about their ability to conduct investigations. But I think, again, to you, I think your, your point's well taken. I'm sure that's that's been a problem over the past year, you know, in terms of uh, conducting investigations. But, um, you know, we're still busy over here and we're still grinding it out every day. We're just waiting for, like I say, waiting for the courts to open. And once they do open, we're going to be uh, inundated and with uh, court appearances and our lives are going to be turned upside down. But we need to get back to normal. So we're, I'm personally, I'm excited about getting back into the courtroom. So. Well, that's, Hopefully sooner rather than later. That's that's the uh, that's the other arena where you excel, and and I can tell you firsthand from speaking to jurors in the Kilpatrick Ferguson Kilpatrick trial that uh, that you were a very effective advocate for your clients, and that that juries like you. They like you a lot better than guys wearing a different sweater when you're on the ice. So uh, so for your clients' sake, uh, it'd be good to see you. Good to see you out there um, uh, fighting for them and and not not fighting with me um, and 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 I say that because I I am in fear. Um, I, no, I also want 
I, I want to ask you before. I'm we, old. I'm old now, ML. Yeah, Shit. but you still, you still. I, uh, I'm going to be 62 years old next month, for God's sake. So my, ten, my better days are behind me. So 10 years ago, you would have knocked him out, is what you're saying. Me? No, Mike. No, no, no. That no, Mike. Listen, listen. He, let me just explain how this works with me and Ratai. Uh, I'm willing to fight with Ratai, but only because I'm willing to be beaten by Ratai, because when you fight a guy like Ratai, you have to kill a guy like Ratai because he will never stop. Let me ask you guys something. Uh, let's talk about something interesting for a second. How did you guys become friends after what happened? I don't oh, think we talked about I this think, the last yeah, time. You want me to take that one? Yes, please. Yes, yes, I don't please. Hear, well, it'll take ML way too long. Yeah. <laughs> I can just remember after our little... It was a Drew and Mike show that got us in trouble, Mike. Remember? What? I said something about Jim Thomas on Drew and Mike. It got misconstrued, and uh, and yeah, everybody thought I, I mean, was calling out Jim I don't Thomas. Know. I mean, he couldn't help himself. Sorry, Mike. The were running high during the trial, and then we had our little thing, and then I go and sit down with my dear friends Gerald Evelyn and and um, and uh, Jim Thomas and some others and. I'm like, Jesus, I really fucked up, man. I said, it's, uh, fuck, it's on camera. And um, they're like, well, you better fix this. <laughs> so thanks to Hugh Perkins, he called me up and I was still pissed off. And I said, if I come on that fucking TV show tonight, I'm going to beat his fucking ass again. Yes. Or at least I'm going to finish the job. And he's like, oh, come on, come on, come on. So then, <laughs> you know, I, my head, you know, cooler heads prevailed and we came on and, we shook hands and I realized I'm an asshole. And, um, and so after that, we, we shook hands, we made up and then we got involved in this charity hockey game and it's gone on from there. So it's been a, it's been a good relationship. I've always had respect for Matt, for ML's work as a reporter. And, um, you know, but, uh, when that case, that case had a different, uh, you know, our position was, is that the press was basically waving pom-poms for the government during our trial. And I was pissed off about that, yes. Uh, but uh, looking back on it now, uh, everybody was just doing their job. And, um, you know, uh, obviously I, I have anger management problems that have required um, serious psychotherapy over the years. And um, so now I'm doing much better. Hey, hey, well, I'm glad you took that one, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting what you said about the, the, the what can I tell you, man? The media using pom poms because you're a criminal defense attorney for federal crimes. I mean, it's a pretty big deal. But do you feel like uh, the general public looks down on criminal defense attorneys because you know if a guy goes to trial, he's probably guilty in, a in the minds of a lot of people? Well, you know, the only thing I could say about that is, you know, people need to number one, they need to realize that when people are charged with crimes. Um, they're still uh, presumed to be innocent. I mean, the Constitution guarantees that to every person who's charged with a crime. And what what happens is they read something in the paper, they see something in the news, and their immediate reaction is, you know, oh, he must be guilty or she must be guilty. Um, and so that's a problem, you know. Um, but, you know. Um, because you feel like that the, the, just What's the right word here? It uh, dirties the jury pool. I mean, is well, it in part, literally? In you're you're part. a gifted wordsmith, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know that that's one that's one element of it. Um, but and you know, um, you know, it's a complicated question. But you know, bottom line is, is that I know 
that when you pick jurors, you know, uh, the, the presumption of innocence is somewhat counterintuitive because, you know, when you're driving down the street and you see somebody with their hands on the police car, you don't drive by and say, geez, I wonder what that pres- person's presumed to be innocent of doing. We <laughs> automatically say, geez, I wonder what the fuck he did wrong, right? Yeah, of course. And so that, that's part of the problem. But, um, you know, as defense lawyers, we have to always remind people that, you know, uh, you're presumed innocent. And until you're in that, you know, in those shoes, then, you know, you understand it. And so, um, you know, that's something that we always have to guard against. And we always have to um, educate the public uh, as much as we can, that people are cloaked with a presumption of innocence um, all the way from the time they're charged until the time the jury goes all the way back into the room to deliberate on a verdict. So, And, and we've certainly seen it where, and, and in the case that you were defending with, uh, with Mr. Ferguson, we've seen it where a jury says they're innocent of some things and they're guilty of some things. So even when there's yeah. a finding, it, there's a lot of nuance there. Sean, I think the word you're looking for is something you're familiar with. It's called taint. Taints the jury. Yeah. But but uh, I, I, I got to tell a story about well, Mike because Matt was off the show <laughs> because there was there was a, a feeling among the defense team during the Kilpatrick trial that uh, that the media favored um, the prosecution and as someone who uh, reported on a story that had Mr. Kilpatrick sent back to jail, I can see where people in the middle of the trial, which is pretty extraordinary, I can see where people may feel that way. However. The feds never went on camera because they can't comment during a case. The defense right. team went on camera, and we were grateful for that, and often commented on the day's proceeding, which we needed because cameras aren't allowed in federal court, so we had no way to really convey what was happening. And, and Mike was one of the best about talking, and he, he had a rule, which is, I will talk if I did something in court today. Otherwise, I will not speak for other people because I don't want people to think that I'm trying to hog the spotlight or somehow aggrandize myself. And Mike, not only, and this will not surprise anybody who's watching or listening right now, Mike not only made his point in a very compelling way, but uh, he created so many memorable moments that while we were waiting for the jury to come back, uh, I put together a package called Mike Rattai's Greatest Hits. And it was all of the really memorable things he said, such as, you know, uh, uh, Testimony is when the witnesses serve up turkey and uh, and cross-examination is when we carve up the turkeys. So, something to that effect. And I could never do it justice. So, so we, put this, we, we put this piece on and all of a sudden I'm not getting calls back from the feds. You know, oh. they, they, they really just call you to say no comment. But now they're, they won't make eye contact with me. They won't even call me to say no comment. And eventually uh, I talked to one of them and said, What's going on? They said, oh, we're all pissed, man. You did that rat ties greatest hit story. It made him look like some kind of friggin' hero. And, you know, and I was like, God, you guys have some thin skin. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're putting, we're putting the defendants in jail. You know, we, the shit's getting kicked out of them on a daily basis in court. And we use a couple of sound bites from Mike Ratai and you guys that. turtle. Hey, let me, let me, let me just add this. Okay. <laughs> so you can't there win in the media. You can't win. Listen, there were times during the trial where the government would write a letter, okay, to, to, to Judge Edmonds complaining about me and what I was saying. And, you know, we'd go in in chambers before the day started. And, you know, they, it was like being in fourth grade. 
you know, judge Mike Ratai throwing spitballs at us. And I, and I looked at the judge one day and I said, yeah, what are we? Are we in third grade judge? I said, tell them to grow up. Okay. They don't like it too fucking bad. You know, of course I didn't say that. (laughs) Are you Um, sure? You know, can can we so, can we see the transcript? I'm not sure yeah. you didn't say that, but no, I, I I listen. I love Judge Edmonds. I have a lot of respect for, her, but I mean, it was bullshit. I mean, they're you know like a bunch of little fucking whining babies, you know uh, that I'm throwing <laughs> spitballs at them. You know, too fucking bad. Okay, <laughs> I mean, you know, th- I mean, this was a tough trial, and um, and um, you know, uh, we had to try to even the playing field somehow, and um, and that's what I was trying to do. And, um, you know, sometimes I guess I was successful and sometimes I, I wasn't, but they, they were, there was, and I'm not going and, and believe me, it was one lawyer who's no one AUSA who's no longer in the office. And, and, and literally that individual reminded me of when we, when I was like in third grade, when I was shooting spitballs at the back of her head. So anyways, <laughs> but I, I will say that, uh, both sides perform very well. And it's funny after the, uh, after the trial, um, I, th- I think you guys graduate at least to middle school because everybody seemed to hold the other side in, in pretty high regard. There was a lot of high quality lawyering going on. And my greatest regret about that trial is that the most significant public trial of the century with some outstanding performances on both sides for the prosecution and for the defense was only seen by a limited number of people because the federal courts will not allow cameras in there. And so, as we know, as police body cameras have shown us, when you don't have something you can see with your own eyes, it allows a lot of mythology to be created, allows a lot of people to make insinuations, it allows a lot of people to create false narratives that suit their purposes. And I'm grateful for an opportunity to have had a front row seat during all of that. I only wish more people could have seen it, but, uh, but it was, you know, it was, uh, it, it was, I mean, it, it was uh, an amazing it, 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 experience. It's like a hockey game, ML. Okay. You know, you go in there and you're slugging it out and you know, you're, everybody's playing hard and, um, you know, uh, tempers might flare and there might be some, um, you know, some situations where people get under each other's skin and people get pissed off. But when it's all over, everybody shakes hands and congratulates the other and um you know um and and we move on because we still have to deal with a lot of these folks i do have respect for um 95 percent of the people in the u.s attorney's office i won't mention the other five percent but um, yeah, we'll take your call off the air mike um yeah. but but no, uh I mean, but you know it, it's like a game i mean it's like a hockey game you know you get into a couple of uh, spats and a couple of fights and uh, you go to the box and whatever. And then after the game, everybody goes down and sits down and has a, a cold beer together and, and shakes hands and, um, and we move forward. Well, that, so, that's, that's why w- when you and I had, I'm going to call it our encounter, everybody else was freaking out, but I think you and I both knew game on. And uh, when the whistle blows, we'll, we'll line up and shake hands as we did that evening. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. to us, we For understood sure. Heat of battle, you perform to the best of your ability. The other guy yeah. is the enemy, and then the game is over, and you're like, okay, we'll see you next week. Maybe on your ice, maybe on our ice, but we'll we'll do it again. And and when you watch the video of uh of us going back and forth, my favorite thing 
and, and, and you really have to watch it closely. Some guy who was like a valet or security at the Penobscot building comes out and he's standing in the corner. He shows no emotion in the middle of the whole thing. He pulls out a candy bar and starts unwrapping it and started eating it, which to me says there were three guys who knew what was really going on. You, me, and this Gomer with the candy bar, because it's just like, you know, and, and (laughs) since then, you know, we, we put on this hockey game. Mike was so gracious to say, yeah, let's get it out there. Let's, let's turn this into a way to help kids because, because you're the biggest hearted slob I know. (laughs) And we've, we've helped a lot of kids and you've served on the board at Clark park. And it's just been a great thing. And to me, it feels like one of those things that everybody can learn from, which is we're going to have differences but in the end, we need to come together to make good things happen. And so I am uh, grateful for your friendship and everything that you have done. And uh, and I look forward to next year when I think we might be able to skate on the same team. Yeah, I'll play on your team, ML. Uh, I know they're going to play at GPCR. I started skating in that rink probably in 1971 or 1972 when I was probably 10, 11, 12 years old. That's where you're playing it, right? Yep, it's now the East Side Hockey Ice Arena. Is that so what they call it? Because I haven't been over there. I've yeah. been skating at Fraser and Well, oh, they've uh, made a ton of improvements. It's a, it's much better right. than the barn you st- you skated at and that yeah, I coached I my mean, girls. I mean, I played at. a lot of hockey in that rink growing up. Um, but um, yeah, I, uh, I I I'm looking forward to next year. I got to have a little um, thing done here, and little, so I'll be kind of down and out for that game. But. Um, just uh, re- I want to be able to play golf this summer and not have my shoulder hurt like hell so I can at least make a turn and get the ball airborne. So that's, you know, but next year for sure. That's what you I get for wait. throwing all those uppercuts. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. Well, uh, Mike, uh, unless, unless the boys have anything else for you, we're going to, we're going to pay a bill here, Mike. Uh, you're, you're welcome to stick around, but I, I have, okay. I have one final question. Cause you're talking about, <laughs> you're like a lawyer. You say you're well, done and moved, then you're not done. Well, we moved off I, the topic, but I now, hate these reporters. Now that I'm on the other side, you moved off the topic. Then you I totally a, sympathize with Ratai. Now the media sucks. You presented a chance for another question to be asked, so I, I took it. Um, I used to tell people that too. They didn't believe it either. In regard, am I allowed to ask now? Or are you going to keep? Okay. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. In regards to the floor, is your, the floor is yours, Mark. To being in a courtroom, being like miss Matt, like a game. Us lay people that aren't you know fancy reporters like ML used to be, or you know fancy. criminal defense attorney like you you still are, uh, Mike. Um, we get most of our knowledge from movies. Do you ever watch uh, like legal movies and just sit there and go, oh, that's bullshit? Or uh, is, there, is there one movie that stands out to you that's legitimately what it's like for us lay people? Well, that's a great question. I'll tell you, the, the and, and I'm going to kind of sidestep your specific question and answer it this way. Okay. The best movie, and I, I told judges this, it's really not practicable, but the best movie um, that 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 uh, about the um, what goes on is uh, uh, Twelve Angry Men. Yeah. Okay. It's a great movie. Every jury should watch that movie. Okay. Now that movie was made in 1957. Obviously, it was all men on the jury. You know, there was mm-hmm. no women, um, and um, there were no minorities on the jury. Okay, when you watch it, yeah, they had but, an Italian guy. No, they had, yeah, a, they had, they had a Greek but, guy, right? Wasn't that the diversity? But that, back then? The, the whole that, that's just one of the greatest movies of all time um, in, in terms of how the jury 
should actually look at a case. And, you know, we do our best to pick juries, um, and it's an inexact science for sure. Uh, we only, you know, get so much time to figure out whether somebody has got hidden biases or prejudices, um, et cetera. But that, that to me is the best movie. Um, in terms of how um, a jury should go about deliberating um, after they've heard all the evidence. Have you, have now, you in terms of um, actual what goes on in the courtroom? I don't know. I always liked uh, Paul Newman's movie, um, The Verdict. I always liked yeah. that one. How about that, that's um, a little Hollywood too? How about My Cousin Vinny? I love My Cousin <laughs> it's Vinny. A great movie. As about- a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I went to I, I a few years back. I went to a, um, uh, 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 it was online. It was a, a webinar, and it was about identification. Um, you know, witnesses, ID witnesses. And they said, you got to watch my cousin Vinny. And if you watch that segment where, um, you know, where um, Joe Pesci cross examines all of the witnesses that they said that they saw the shooting and everything Mm -hmm. like that, it really is uh, an excellent um, um, instructional um, segment for the, for the lawyer, the average lawyer that wants to, cross-examine an identification witness. I, I love that. I love okay. my cousin Vinny. How about... I'm only you asking. and Rudy Giuliani have something in common, I see. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> how about... That's the only thing. I was trying to think yeah. of, a, of a defense attorney movie. Uh, how about Primal Fear? Have you seen Primal Fear? I've never seen Primal Fear. Um, I, I uh, What's the other one? Uh, Kate, wh- what's the one with De Niro? Cape oh. Fear? Oh, Cape Fear. Oh, yeah. Cape Fear. yeah, that's, yeah, that's the one that always freaks me out. Yeah, that that movie. One. I've seen that a couple of times, but I don't like watching it because I always think, Jesus Christ, <laughs> one of these guys that's in prison that I represent is going to come back looking for me someday. Yeah, check, so, their, check their knuckles. If they have any yeah. tattoos on their knuckles, it's time to run. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I love 12 Angry Men, man. I actually, actually have, I bought that movie. I actually watch it. Uh, my wife gets sick and tired of me, you know. You're going to watch it again, <laughs> you know, so it's research. I love it. Yeah. They, actually, uh, they used to call Mike 12 angry men, just all kind of crammed into one. But, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but as you can see, he's got a cork in that bottle. So we're going to, yeah. we're going to let it go before it pops. Mike. Thanks. Right, well, I got to go back to work. You guys talk to Dina ML. I'll talk to you on, off, uh, uh, talk to you in a day or two and, uh, I'll get out there and we'll start hustling and we'll continue to raise money for Clark park because obviously it's a great cause and uh, all the kids in that neighborhood uh, need a place, a safe place to play and uh, be kids and, um, and do the things that kids should be able to do. So it's, it's a great cause and I'm still happy to uh, even though I can't be as involved as much as I used to be um, I'm still happy to be involved in any way that I can. So I will uh, get to work on that ML. You just gave me the information late. I just want to put that on, you know, on the air. That I got the shit late, and so here, don't expect we all this friends. money coming in before the game. But we'll get the we'll get some money to the park. Believe me. Here we were we were friends for just a bright shiny moment. But no, <laughs> we 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 wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, Mike. So thank you for everything you're doing. Thanks, and, ML. And I'm hoping we can maybe expand this to the east side a little bit now that we've yeah. we've established a foothold. Uh, on uh, on Canyon and East Warren there, but uh, but yeah, yeah, no, we're only doing this because of your tenacity and your generosity and your grace. So, 
So thanks, Mike. And, and last year you had a pretty good excuse for missing a game. I think you were trying to keep a guy off death row. So that's we're going to yes. give you a mulligan for that. Yes. yes. Now, of course, we he's he's no longer with us. Course, but now uh, that Uncle Joe's oh. president, okay, they're getting rid of all their deauthorizing yeah. or or not authorizing the death penalty. So that's always a good thing. So yeah. Anyways, it's okay. a mistake you can't you, undo if you execute somebody. So yeah. uh, right. So thanks, Mike. Uh, All right. Thanks for having me, ML. See everybody, and uh, I'll get to work, ML, on raising that dough. It will, whenever it comes in, we'll take it. And just okay, so buddy. we're clear, now that I'm running for city council, that dough is for the children, not right. for me. <laughs> uh, I want to continue my relationship with Mike as a friend, not as a client. Right. So that's for the kids. As Mike always says, it's for the kids. That's right. It's and, for the kids. And, and thanks, Mike, guys. Appreciate I, you. Thank you. I raise thanks, a cold Mike. altus to my friend, uh, Mike Ratai. Of course, Altus is a sponsor of the podcast and guests who appear. All guests appearing on MLS Solo Detroit receive a 12 pack of Altus Lager. Oh, he loves beer. They receive a 12 pack of Altus Lager. And you know what? You know why? You know why we're proud to be associated with Altus? Why is that? Because working with you guys, I need a stiff drink. And because. It's a Detroit that's lager mean. that's original, and it is back. It went on hiatus for a little while. They stopped brewing it, mainly because of the number of people who went blind. But my man Carl and his what? crew have brought back the Altus name with a formula that is satisfying and delicious, and it is now a premium and apparently safe. lager. It is safe. It is safe. These I was wearing these glasses before I started drinking Altus. Let there be let there be no mistake. I, I will say one thing though. If you drink too many Altus, your vision can double, but it's so good you kinda you just try and try and moderate. All all good things in moderation. I will say though hey, Mom. that is it is. How many the beer. times is he gonna say I will I say? Know. I don't know. What was, what was I supposed Gina, to say? Gina has been waiting very patiently. What was I supposed to say last week? Well, anyway, exactly. what was it you say? Regardless, <laughs> what was that thing you wanted me to say? Something that wrapped it up. Just everyone go to altus.beer. Uh, altus.beer. And remember, it only takes six Altus to make anyone a 10. Bravo. There's Bravo. a sounder. Bravo. Homemade. Uh, Dina has been waiting <laughs> patiently. In fact, uh, I think we're going to we're gonna have to give up a case of Altus this week to take care of Dina. And uh, Altus is also one of our sponsors of this year's Clark Park Charity Classic Hockey Games. So players in the game will be receiving some Altus to take with them as part of a, a small gift bag we put together because everybody who plays pays. Again, this is not a city council thing. This is a charity thing. Pay to play for charity is okay. And not only do payers, players pay, but we have one player who is bringing in some major sponsor moolah for the kids and bringing a tremendous team onto the ice, and that is Dina Desjardins of Green for Life. Did, did he get it right that time, Dina? It was perfect. Uh, Parfait. I, I think it was better say. when you said it before the show. Pronounce your last name again. Desjardins. See, Desjardins. It's better. Uh, bien sûr. Alors. <laughs> now he's uh, just showing off. You know, that's the way it goes. When you got it, you fly. Well, we know. So, so Dina, uh, tell us a little bit about um, how you got involved in the Clark Park Classic. For the last couple of years, we have had a women's game, but we have not mm-hmm. had a sponsor for the women's game. And you are being most generous in not only sponsoring the game, but bringing, from what I understand, a pretty formidable team to do battle with uh, with our uh, some of the women who normally skate for us. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, um, 
Tim Cassidy approached me. He knows that I play hockey and uh, he approached me and said, hey, this is a, a great organization. And I know, you know, obviously about Clark Park and thought, absolutely, this would be a great thing for, for myself and for GFL. Um, you know, that Detroit is part of our, you know, our, our big, big place for our residential and for our commercials. So, of course, we want to give back and we want to give back to the kids because it's always about the kids. And at least it is for me. Um, you know, I play hockey. I coach uh, squirt hockey with my 15-year-old son. We have a, a little 10-year-old team in Gross Point that we uh, we coach and we love coaching them. And uh, I want every 10-year-old to be able to play hockey. It's uh, the greatest, obviously the greatest sport in the world. Um, you know, from our, C, uh, our CEO, our president who played uh, briefly in the NHL to my regional vice president who played in the uh, OHL. So Jeff Ellis. Yeah. All about trash and hockey. <laughs> T- tell me about that that CEO. Is he available to skate on my team? Um, this <laughs> right. Year? I, I could use a little NHL bloodlines. Yes, I know that would be great. Um, our regional vice president, yeah, I mean, he might be available. He played in the OHL as well, so he's he's quite a player in um, the past as well. So, well, we we could I could use I got to tell you one year uh, my team finally snuck up on Ratai and. Uh, and and they had been kicking the crap out of us for years. And he he told me after one game, he's like, "Next year we got to make this game more competitive. You know, we got to get you some better players." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I love the sound. I love the sound of that." So he came back that year with an ex NHL player, and it seems like this is not really helping me very much. So if you could hook me up, <laughs> can you get a ringer? Yeah, yeah. If you could hook me up with the CEO and uh, and uh, the OHL guy, um, you know, I'll. Uh, Why don't you just play on Dina's team? Uh, they're too good for me. <laughs> Dean, we'd be honored, team. No, we'd love to have you, Dean. Yeah. Dean, I, you know, last time you saw me skate, uh, I I got back to my locker and there's a pink tag on it. I don't know what that meant, but I assumed it meant uh, <laughs> you're out of there. Meant thanks, kid. <laughs> nice um, try. Yeah, and and then you gave me a resume to work on one of the on one of the dumpster crews. So I I wasn't sure. Maybe I misinterpreted that. Um, no, we'd love to have you. We have a uh, we have quite a few good players, so they they keep me around. So. You just, know. just call and me I, Mr. Doubtfire. Defense attorney as well. She's a great. She played for Michigan State, so we've we've got some really high skilled, high educated people on our team as well. So it's tough to do better than Spartans, I'll tell you that right now. But right? Um, <laughs> what are you expecting on Saturday? This will this will be your first time um, skating with 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 our group. Um, what do you tell your players? What what's what are they talking about? Are they are they looking at game film from the other side or are they just like, Hey, they, they got to take it from us. Oh, they know that we must win at all costs. So we're going to go out there and play our best. We, uh, I actually know I've played with the captain of the other team. Uh, coincidentally, we didn't even realize we had played a tournament together about three years ago. So birdie and her team are going to have to bring their a game because, uh, my team's pretty fired up. Now, and as someone from Sudbury, what you mean is they're going to have to bring their A game, eh? Oh, exactly. Oh, Perfect. Boy. That was bad. Well executed. That was bad. Sean passed me a note <laughs> that said, this will go over big. Dean even know, knew how bad of a joke that is. And Sean wanted me to say that, just so we know. That's why he's out the, of the basement. He's checking to see which way Drew's toilet paper falls. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always two types of jokes. Trash jokes 
and Canadian jokes, so I hear them all the time. Oh, well, I was going to say, yeah, you're talking trash, you're picking well, up trash. It's, and It's funny, Dean, I was sitting here thinking, I asked Rad Ty about uh, lawyer movies, and I can only think of one waste collection movie, which would be Men at Work with uh, the brothers. Um, Sheens. The Sheen, yeah, Emilio well, Estevez and, yeah, and Charles. Yeah, that's right, that's are there, right. Are there more? Well, I think um, the Super was a Joe Pesci movie, and he was decreed that he had to live in this rundown oh, yeah. building and there was garbage everything and uh so there was there was there that was, one seemed a lot like they could have used more trash collection they probably could have used gfl at that time <laughs> there was um, the tv show course, rock there's the uh sitcom oh. monk who, who is the ocd guy oh, yeah. and they always had like the tr- they didn't pick up the trash in new york and it was quite a trashy episode yeah monk is great uh there was rock was <laughs> rock. fantastic uh, sopranos Okay. Well, and don't forget. Oh, they had wars uh, in uh, parking lots dumping garbage, right? Yeah. Michigan's own Thomas Hulse was was in medical school, and his brother, who was supporting him, was a garbage man uh, or a a, a waste management uh, professional, I think is the correct term. I can't remember what the name of that movie was, but it was a pretty good movie. What about Roll Bounce, a roller skating movie? Whoa, what's that? What? Roll Bounce. Some garbage folks are are prominent in that movie, too. Waste waste management. Garbage yeah, sorry. Show Gar- some respect. I think the term waste is garbologists. Yeah, waste management. Sorry. They're, they're, uh, Dina, is that demeaning when someone like a bad person like Sean says garbage man? Oh, I refer to myself as a garbage man all the time. My kids call me a garbage man. So <laughs> that's what I am. It's the best profession in the world, I think. So this may be the longest I've been involved in a conversation involved Mike Ratti that someone hasn't played the you piece of garbage drop. So I'm I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful for that. Um, well, Dina, we can't wait to see you on March 20th. Uh, we're grateful for the support Green for Life has brought. And and if I recall, you guys will also be helping out Clark Park around the year with uh, with an extra rollaway. So you're not only lifting us up, you're picking up uh, the stuff we can leave behind. So thank you very much. That's right. That's right. Well, it's great. Yeah, we're very excited. You know, um, like I said, we service almost a million customers a day um, in Metro Detroit through a residential, commercial, and industrial. So we're happy to give back and we're happy to be involved. We feel very blessed, actually, to have been invited to do this. Um, like I said, hockey is, has been a part of my entire life. And uh, so it's just nice to be able to get back and, and know that kids are benefiting from it because that's, to me, the most important part. Mm-hmm. You know, safe place to play have the equipment to keep you safe and uh, enjoy the greatest game in the world. Yeah. Well, it's, it's only happening because of you and uh, generous sponsors like you. So thank you, Dina. And um, I hope we can have this conversation again next year. We can tell us uh, whether you're going for the two Pete or whether it's revenge time. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure it will be to reclaim our title. That's what I'm going with. We're well, feeling very confident. I'll just tell you, Birdie skated with us when we first started, uh, and uh, opposing goalies said that she could be unforgiving in the paint. So, oh, she's uh, very good. There's yeah. no doubt about it. But my little 23-year-old, she is fast, <laughs> and she can snipe them, so I'm not worried one bit. Okay, well, the trash talking has begun in every sense. You uh, the garbage. Oh, there you, there you, go. you ask and receive. Where's the bell? We can't, where's our kill? But just remember, we're always trashed with class. Oh. Trash with class. There used to be a band that played around Detroit called the Trash Brats. Maybe they could come up with something for you guys, um, you know, a little theme song. 
You guys could have it playing on the trucks like the good humor man coming through the Right. The Here we come. Yes, exactly. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, I, I, I need to tell you about another hockey family, and that is the O'Brien family. Uh, Amy O'Brien, who's one of the folks who makes Roy O'Brien Ford one of the best places in town, her daughter played hockey at Regina. So this is a family that knows about hockey, and they know about helping people, not just us as a, uh, as a lead sponsor of ML Soul of Detroit, but they help those of you who are looking for a new ride. Maybe you want to lease one. Maybe you want to buy one. Maybe you're looking for a new car, a used car, or just servicing your ride. If you go to the corner of Nine Mile and Mac and St. Clair Shores, you will find Roy O'Brien. That's where people have been going there for 75 years. If you don't feel like going in person, check out RoyO'Brien.com. That's R-O-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N.com. While you're there, Jesse will help you out. You can also check out Fast Track, which lets you choose your vehicle and options you can pick your deal, lease, finance, or cash, get the value of your trade-in, apply for financing, and schedule delivery of your brand-new ride or your gently-used ride. Uh, to learn more, visit royobryan.com or call 888-566-5851. And when you go there, tell them that ML sent you. Um, one last time, the what's the patronicity site? And thank you, Dina. Since you didn't thank her, I'll thank her. What? Oh, I'm going to see Dina on on uh, on the twentieth, so I'm going to thank her. And if they only have, if they got spot at the end of the bench for me, I'm I'm, I'm going to get in that game. I've seen Birdie. I I've, I've got some film on Birdie. I, I think I know. Uh, I think I know how to stay out of Birdie's. Are you going to answer? Are you going to answer the question? Oh, oh yeah, patronicity.com. That's patronicity.com. Look for Clark Park Classic. 2021 there you'll see a picture of mike ratai and i from the very first game which i will tell you did happen on 2015 i i can insist on that now that i feel safe um outside of the uh outside of the stick length reach of mr ratai and uh and we would appreciate your support uh no amount is too small because it all goes to a good cause and and i really have to tell you the biggest contributor to this year's game. We've had some very generous financial supporters, but this does not happen without the East side youth sports foundation, which is doing a lot of great things for kids on the East side. And, uh, and this year helping kids throughout the city of Detroit. And in return, Clark park is going to make ice available for them next year. So the kids on the East side can come and enjoy some of the amenities in Southwest Detroit, because that's what it's all about folks. It's about bringing people together. It's about taking something I have meeting a need that you have. And once we've helped each other, then maybe what you need, I have. And it just, you know, I don't want to get all pay it forward crazy here, but, uh, but there's nothing wrong with doing good deeds. And I've, I've heard more than one politician say, uh, Oh, you know, uh, no good deed goes unpunished. It's like, what are you talking about? A good deed is its own reward. And anytime I've ever done anything nice for somebody, it's come back to me 10 times over. However, um, so the website, why started with that? Did you ever thank Dina, by the way? I thanked her. It's okay. okay. He said he's going to see her it's later. Like he, it's covered. like he had over to his house and he's walked into his office without saying she goodbye. waited patiently. She was a good guest. She's still there. Jeez. Who, he who, just went who, right to the ad. Bye. Who released? Who released the Kraken? <laughs> what, what's going on? The, 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 the slumber is over. He turned around hey, mid sentence. You're a real piece of garbage. Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork! Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek, or we're turning into cool guys? So this week's geek of the week. 
is brought to you by Hall Financial. Um, we would like to thank David Hall and Hall Financial for being one of two network-wide sponsors, along with Luke Nowacki. They support all of the Red Shovel Network shows. Rates are still super low, so if you're looking to refinance your place, go to Hall Financial. Uh, you can find a link to their website on our website, which is mlsoulofdetroit.com. Rates are currently in the twos, so call today and find out how much a refi could save you every month. You get to skip two payments, more or less, when you refi, and then you start saving immediately because you'll have that much better deal. You can change your term, you can change your rate, and you can start saving as soon as you call the good people at Hall Financial. Just click on the link on our website to get started or call 248-308-5000. That's 248-308-5000. And make sure to tell them I sent you. And when I say them, I mean Dan Morrison. I mean Bill Adelhock. And of course, James, don't call me Jimmy Boy, Bentley. Well, that's right. Yeah, I forgot Jimmy's over there. That's right. Um, And while you get your Geek of the Week, you can take all that money that uh, people have saved from uh, David Hall, and you can send it to Luke Nowacki and get a long-term strategy for investing. You know, you got to set up your money. So call Luke. At Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748 for rational financial advice. Um, what are you going to do with your money now? What's going to happen six months from now? There's a new stimulus. Uh, everyone's going to get their stimulus check. You know, what do you, should you invent, uh, invest it? Why not? Call Luke, get advice, get a strategy, 248-663-4748. And what will he do for you? Uh, he will make it exclusively about yourself. And and if, I, if I'm not overstepping my <laughs> bounds, I'd like to refer to you as sweetheart. Okay. I just wanted to see if you're paying attention for the disclaimer. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. You're out of here, trash. Uh, since we're talking about Luke, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, I also have to say Luke is one of the most generous guys around, and I don't believe I've ever asked him to donate to Clark Park, but I always have him say, here, this is for the kids. He's a big hockey guy. You should get him on your team. Oh, yeah. He's, he he goes to the games. He, yeah. has some, he has some sweet seats, by the way, which he also makes available to charity auctions and stuff, yep. which d- don't hit him up. Just I'm just, <laughs> I'm just I'm not I'm not trying to drive a path to Luke's door, no, but, no. but hit, hit him up to invest. But you should know that that he's very good with your money and he's very generous with his money. And that's that's that says a lot. Um, our Geek of the Week. I wanted to name the prosecutor in Iowa uh, or Iowa, as some people pronounce it. No who, one pronounces it that, do they? Well, the music man did. Why not give Iowa oh, that's a, a try? That's a good reference. <laughs> so, for, uh, you're not people, a big Robert people, Preston fan? People over 80. You don't go for Marion no, I know, Librarian? I, I, know the, I know the music Mama man. Partridge? I, I, know, I know it. All right, then. Let's just let's not pretend that you're, you're not area I prefer the updated version of the monorail with uh, Lyle Langley. Oh, was uh, was Leonard Nimoy the voice on the monorail? He was. There you go. The late, great Leonard Nimoy. Um, but the, this prosecutor in Iowa is prosecuting a reporter who covered the Black Lives Matter protests in, I believe, Des Moines. And even though she identified herself as a reporter, even though she did not interfere with anything going on, she is being prosecuted. That is outrageous. For what? For what? 
Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, don't know if he's, I don't know if it's disturbing the peace or whatever. I, I've lost my notes. I have to be honest. I, I don't have that in front of me right now. But I've wanted to talk about this for a week because I thought, what a douchebag this prosecutor is. And the explanation was, it'll all become clear when we get in court. Well, I find that hard to believe. But the trial started this week. And uh, my expectation is by the time the prosecution's case has been laid out, it will amount to, I'm a dick. Hmm. So listen, uh, I know having marched throughout the summer with uh, my colleagues at the Free Press, Mandy Wright first and foremost, that that the role of the media in these things is to keep an eye on what's going on, to be the person who makes sure that neither side gets out of hand. And that if either side does get out of hand, that the public knows from an impartial observer what happens so you can make your own judgments about who is right. And I know from marchers, I know from some police and I know from people watching at home who couldn't be out there that they really appreciate that role. And I'm sorry that someone in Iowa does not understand something so basic. So uh, I am hoping that reporter will be acquitted. She was a reporter for the Des Moines Register. So it's not like it's a a website where she just had a camera filming because I could see somebody passing themselves off as media. But I don't know. I don't know what happened. Well, we, so we, she's not it. Who's next? We we had we had some photographers who were not clearly uh, working for some you know, some freelancers and some people working for other local me- who were shot yeah. after identifying themselves as media. Um, and they, uh, you know, I, I think the officer who did that has either been prosecuted or dismissed. But so you know, folks, this is no joke. And and certainly, I was out there and I had a shotgun pointed at me when the shit was going hot and heavy that first Saturday. Luckily, I was able to uh, convince the officer not to fire upon me, but the dude who lost his nerve and went running behind me got shot right between the shoulder blades. And let me tell you, the mark that was left there, if that shot had been about six inches higher and it got him on the medulla oblongata, uh, he'd be, he'd be, uh, he'd be eaten with a fork with a cork on the end of it. Thank you for that news story. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we did not see Sean in the thick of it. I think uh, he was uh, he was uh, massaging his bunions, but we do appreciate your service. Um, watching all those Tiger games on TV. Uh, <laughs> in the bubble, the Windsor bubble. In that very nice, that sh- nice work area you had. Remember? It's not mine anymore. Remember what a fancy boy you were there with uh, the wood paneling and uh, shiatsu no massager? Paneling. There's no wood paneling. And then it's you, not my did, room what anymore. was that? Was that a, a, a pergola you had in the backyard where the horses roam free? And uh, not a horse person. Is that? Oh, what were the? Oh, those were unicorns. That's right. I forgot. You're in Ann Arbor. Nice. I hope none of them stabbed you with that that one horn, Noah. Anyways, so it's um, not the prosecutor. Please tell us more about your protest <laughs> marches last summer. So uh, there's this guy in England. He went to Oxford. He's got a law degree. And now he's suing his parents because he says they should support him for life. And uh, and uh, they've been making an apartment available to him in London that's very luxurious and very comfy. They give him a thousand bucks a week too, don't they? 600, 600 quid. Yeah, it's about a thousand bucks. And uh, that's what that's what. Wait, people, that's I'm exchange sorry. rate right now? That's about... Maybe it's maybe it's eight hundred and ninety three dollars. Damn, I didn't know it was almost two to one. Sorry, it's uh, it used to be. I know. Yeah, that's a lot lower not, now. Not yeah. now that they're out of the the euro, but um, he uh is someone that Mark thought should be our geek of the week, and uh and Maddie chimed in on that too. 
which is why Matt's not on the show this week. I thought it was a good geek of the week. No, no, no. Forty-one-year-old no, suing his parents for uh, child support when he's the child. Yeah, no, I I agree. But but my geek of the week <laughs> is the parents who let this brat get to the point where he thought free money, free apartment, and I deserve more. No, 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 no. Wait, so you gotta nip fault. that shit in the bud. <laughs> they're at fault. Yes, so parents who are being sued by douchey kid that you allowed to be a douchey kid, you, mom and dad, are my geek of the week. Is that it? Nothing else? And I just I, I hate and, to and say I this. wanted to be a little contrary. I hate to say this. I know uh, real quickly, Mark, but I actually agree with Mike. Really? More so than the kid? I do. It's a parent's responsibility at some point. To cut him off? No. To but te- they're trying to, to cut te- him te- off now. Yeah, to this- teach him. I mean, what the fuck did they teach him? Oh, yeah. oh no, come it's on. Not, that's personal. If he's, if he's got it's his own responsibility, you don't have if to. If he's teach got a, disabilities or something te- like that, that's he's fine. A, but he's an Oxford. That's what I'm lawyer. saying, though. But what kind of? I mean, where did he get that sense of entitlement? Yeah, it's not. It's not like uh, his parents went and got him drumsticks and ice cream and smokes uh, one night uh, uh, when they were studying. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, that was you. They've been supporting him for forty years. That was you, enabler yeah, boy. And they, and they don't want to anymore. Oh so yeah, they're... ice cream. What do you mean smokes? Well, I don't know. Oh, I just I like made vape, that up. Vaping or whatever. I made that up. No edibles, whatever. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I did get. I did. Uh, I reckon you kids could chill out on these here gummies. I did get him some ice cream. You did. Yeah. And then you spooned it into their mouth. No, not <laughs> like quite. a mother bird. Yeah. No, I cut it up first and shoot it. it. So we actually have real audio of that. I don't know if you knew this, but we got this. It's like. I reckon you kids could use some tofuti. Dad, we want sorbet. I'll be right back. Isn't that how it went? Yeah. What a great parent. And give me more of them Winstons! See you again. There's an all-night party in room 7609. And you can dance together all night if you've got the time. I, I do, uh, before we move on, want to apologize um, for attacking Sean. Um, I just want to recognize, for the record, that Sean was right, that I was right. So thank you, Sean. And I would like a little more of that sorbet, if you still have some. I don't really. Yeah, sorbet is not my thing. It's fine, though. I'm not judging. Room uh, 7609, ML's little new wave party. So if you want to get styled, I guess, Flock of Seagulls, is that the most recognizable no, new wave? No, you got to get the quiff. What's the quiff? It's kind of just kind of looks like what I'm rocking over. Oh, okay, Duran yeah, Duran. Because if you're rocking it, that's the best. Thing Call to it do. the Duran Duran. But um, any of those, this is the, like Morrissey, I both we both favor the quiff and celibacy. His is his, <laughs> his is by choice. Mine is by decree. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Everybody, an incel. I'm sure our sponsors are thrilled with this show. Well, if you want to get your hair styled that way for room seven six zero nine, head to Lady Jane's. Quit messing around. Get to a Lady Jane's near you. You can get a great haircut, a hot lather, neck shave. Hot towel treatment. It's in a safe, clean environment. It's a great place to go. Get it all done. Make sure when you check in to tell them that uh, Solo Detroit or the Drew and Mike show sent you. Just click on the little logo when you say you're a new customer. Lady Jane's Haircuts for Men. It's wicked awesome. And they do have two new locations. I swear, every month they have new locations. This time, uh, Brighton. If you're out in Brighton on the corner of East Grand River Avenue and Whitmore Lake Road, right in front of Kroger, or if you're in Grand Blank, all the way up there on Saginaw Road, south of Hill Road, next to AutoZone, it's wicked awesome. What do we got today? It is, and that's how you do it, Mike. I hope you were taking notes. Well, I, I, 
I was. I was just. Thank I you. was just wondering if they do back waxing so we can get you a complimentary uh, visit. <laughs> Good job, Mark. Just, uh, I hope uh, he was, you know, l- learning something there. Uh, you know, I I do have to mention something. We're talking about all the generous people who are supporting supporting the the Clark Park game. Mm-hmm. Our our friend uh, Chef Dave at the butchery, oh yeah, has not only come up with what sounds like one of the most delicious meals I'm going to eat this spring, but he is coming up with a way to serve all the players uh, that is not a buffet that is safe and responsible and delicious. So uh special thanks to Jeff Dave, chef Dave, who is, uh, runs a, a hell of a shop there with chef Julie, uh, on telegraph in Sylvan Lake, but also who's coming to the East side. It's called the butchery. The butchery SL.com. The butchery Speaking of food, are you being a little bit, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? I don't know. Dickish today because I didn't bring your sandwich. <laughs> Like oh, I did dude, last week, dude. Yes. Let me tell you about that. That's that, great. That uh, cheesesteak. I sent you a picture. That was my lunch and my dinner. I oh, had that's that great. Twice. But so Ooh, now, so now that I didn't do that this week, you're gonna be like you have been today. Is that how it works? If I feed you, then you're reasonable. Well, you you kind of you know raised the bar. I think Rat Tie just got him fired up. Okay, I'm just curious. I love Rat Tie. That's a, you know. So thank you. Yeah. So um. Here's a little something I'd like Sean to consider. It's uh, a little ditty by a group called Japan. It's called Quiet Life. It just starts right now. No, it doesn't. It goes on. You still have uh, 12 seconds. So did I tell you about uh, the time Mike Rattai and I were on the set before Let It Rip that night? No. Okay. You're well, going to save song? Stick around. <laughs> what a tease. Boys, many times that changing the going could get rough. Boys, would that ever crash your mind? Boys, are you contemplating moving out somewhere? Boys, will you ever find a
noise. And here's that story I was going to tell before the song. So Ratai and I get on the set for Let It Rip on the night of our encounter on the streets of Detroit. <laughs> And uh, and we didn't know how it was going to go. I had people saying, you know, you should be filing a complaint. You should be filing criminal charges. I'm like, for what? Yeah. You know. And like he said, he was ready to murder you. Yeah, and he would have killed me. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake Tough about dude, it. Yeah. I would have been. I would have been a, a stain. Don't on sell the, yourself uh, short. The terrazzo floor. Of Please, the, uh, you're a tough guy. The foyer of the uh, Penobscot. Yeah, you're a tough guy. Come on. But um, but I and and with the judicial tenure or the the attorney Sorry, commission, so what people happened? can bring a complaint without. Oh, you know, but I said, here? but I said, the sooner you shut up, the sooner it's over, uh, <laughs> which is what you said on your honeymoon. The um, the uh, thing is, I said you can't make a case without a witness, and I had no problem with the way Mike conducted himself. So, anyways, we get on the set of Let It Rip, and I came with two pairs of hockey gloves, and oh, I, I said, that. I said if. Uh, if Mike will wear the hockey gloves, everything will be cool. But I also brought a list of local anger management classes in case I needed to pull that out in case he tried to kill me on the set. And Mike, gracious as he is, saw the hockey gloves, started laughing, and I said, it looks like I'm going to live through the night. So that was, that was great. Anyways, you really, piece of garbage. Um, that was Japan. and um, Sounds very derivative of uh, – is that a new band? No. So, so Japan started in the 1970s as sort of a – you know, I don't want to say necessarily a rock band, but they were just, they were just musicians, musicians who were ahead of their time. They were new wave before there was a new wave and they were new romantic before there was a new romantic movement. And they said, we are not part of the new romantic movement. We always dressed this, this elaborately in blousy shirts and, uh, and dynamic, uh, dynamic, um, sort of, uh, let's say uh, uh, post-revolution French garb and they always wore makeup. But what ends up happening is they started out as a band that just had kind of, you know, guitar, bass, keyboard and singer. And the keyboard player really got into synthesizers. And as you can tell, the bass player provided that just awesome dance beat and plays the fretless bass where the bass guitar at times almost seems like the lead instrument. So, uh, Great band, hugely influential. Duran Duran points to them all the time. In fact, when you look at the lead singer of uh, see, that's funny because I you see Nick Rhodes. I thought it sounded Duran like Duran Duran. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I mean, Duran Duran sounds like Japan. That's right, and in fact, uh, Japan was starting to make it big just as Duran Duran was coming together, and they broke up because one of the uh, a girlfriend of one of the guys in the band moved in with the lead singer, which makes it kind of tough to, you know, come fl- to the pack practice space without throwing blows. Unless you're Fleetwood other. Mac. Oh, re- oh yeah, I guess so. That's uh, not new wavy enough for me. So is that a band I should know, Japan? Because I've never even heard of them. They they were a band that kind of were ahead of their time in such a way that by the time they were breaking up, people were just starting to discover their music. And when they were effectively done, their music started climbing up the charts because some of it was re-released because uh, people were starting to really dig it. And so they were hugely influential, but, uh, but not too many people outside the UK, uh, maybe the early eighties dance uh, circuit and, um, and Duran Duran know who they are, but they were, 
I think they're awesome. Sean, what, what did you think? I like that, actually. I was just showing Mark a photo of the band with Very the hair. Glam. I used to have a little <laughs> little bit of hair like that, you know. Mine was more of the Rick Ocasek, though, and probably less the, the Flock of Seagulls. So when you had a full- Is there a lot of Aquanet in that? <laughs> To do the Ocasek? No, I no? just, it just, it was so thick, it would just stand up. If you can imagine that. Well, I was going to say, when you had a giant full head of hair, did you have it really long or short? Shoulder length. Really? I can't what about in the that. front? Down here. Yeah, it was long. I, I did not have okay. a mullet. No, it okay. was, was right. long in the, t- like I said, it was long in the front and long in the back and short on the sides. What do you even call that? It's, I called it the Rick Ocasek, I guess. Yeah, no, I could see Ocasek. Kind of a, but mine was a little more feathery, you know, like. Kind when, of a Howard Jones, When I maybe? met Mike, he would try to rub his fingers through a little bit. I mean, I didn't have as much thin and thin by then. I may have pulled some out. I didn't realize it was. In the throws, he did. So did loosely adorned. But uh, now, would you I can't say. I not even imagine having hair like that anymore. <laughs> Would you oh, say you look more like Howard Jones? Because you have you have blondish hair. I look hair. like a burlap sack that's been left in uh, <laughs> you know old oil too long. Wow, um, I painted a picture. Yeah, um, I was just going to say if you have any pictures of Sean from that era, please send them in. But if that's an accurate description, please keep them to yourself. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I've never been anything uh, remotely been close ex- to handsome or anything I've been exposed like that. to enough ugliness in my life that I don't need to. I, I mean, I, you know, I try to make up for it inside. It's hard when I come to here on Tuesdays and sit across from you for a couple hours, but uh, I'm trying. Sean, I've always said that you are most beautiful on the inside, and if I had a chainsaw, I wish I could prove that. Have you always said that? We've talked about this before, right? That was the inspiration for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What was? Was it Toby Hooper, or the creator, the director, whatever? He was in a Montgomery Wards in Central Texas in the seventies. Tobe Hooper at Christmas time, and he was jammed up against. Uh, it was such a throng of people in there, and it was hot, you know, as it can be at that even that time of the year mm-hmm. down there, and sweaty, and he was claustrophobic, and um, the the crowd kind of pushed him. All of a sudden, he looks up, and he's in the hardware section of Sears or whatever it was, maybe Montgomery Ward. And there's a wall of chainsaws, and he thought about, okay, I'm going to take Just one, take one of them, <laughs> cut myself out of this crowd. Wow, thanks, Lee Thomas. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's fascinating. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so this, this is yeah. the, <laughs> this is the new wave music segment. Um, and no, uh, you've you've already uh, thrilled us with your details on that. It's called room, <laughs> it's called Room Seven Six and Nine. It was always a fun, ab- it was a fun time. I like it. Good choice. We yeah, always nice. appreciate your nice. submissions uh, to Room Seven Six O Nine. Fun song. Uh, this week's uh, selection was uh, was suggested by Simon Lebon, or as as uh, as people in France call him, uh, Simon Lebon. And we would love to hear from you at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. You can also call us at 313-288-9070. For the groovy folks, at, that's Butterfield 89070. Um, and uh, if you want to show your Room 7609 pride, get one of our super groovy retro new wave keychains, which you can get at the Drew and Mike store. Com. That's one way to support the show. Uh, the most important way to support the show is to let our sponsors know that you know about them because of us. Or you can make a small contribution. Or if you prefer a massively large contribution, Mark, what's the what's the best way for people to do that? MLSolidetroit.com donate button. Takes you right to PayPal. Actually, I was thinking just hand me some no, cash as I leave the studio. But you can also make a donation through uh, MLSolidetroit.com using the donate button, which is what Francis did as he so often does. So Francis, we appreciate your support. Also a huge fan of new wave music movies like Sean was just discussing. And I suspect uh mystery science theater 3000. That's just the kind of guy 
our Frank is our Frank, of course, being a great Morrissey tune too. So uh, it's all about New Wave. It's all about New no, Wave. No, seriously. Since Morrissey. we're in New Wave and you just mentioned Morrissey and the Smith, have you seen the trailer for Shoplifters or The Shoplifters? I have, and I love the music, but I can't condone domestic terrorism. I would have just said, hey, listen, there. Um, domestic terrorism? You mean stealing records? No, no. He takes a DJ hostage and makes him play. And makes him play it. You, you, that, you're cool with is that? Is this a new movie? This is yeah, an insurrection. It's not out yet. No, he kidnaps him, kind of. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think maybe the DJ goes along willingly because it's sort of the Cyrano type thing where I'll help you get the girl. But right. I just don't want to encourage like somebody who likes hair bands to go kidnap somebody. No, right. It yeah. does look good, though. And what's it called? The Shoplifters or Shoplifters? Hmm. Is it? Uh, I'm not sure. Is that what it's called? You know, go ahead and question it. Okay. No, no, that's fine. I, I, whatever you say, Master. Um, I, I, I forgot. I'm, I'm the one who dictates stuff, but I guess maybe. That's not true today, but no, it's, it's, uh, it looks good. And, uh, you know, back in the day, I think you would have just given a chick like that. I mean, a woman like that, a, uh, a mixtape instead of commit a felony, but that's, that's cool. So, uh, we also want to in advance, thank uh, everyone who has donated to our uh, charity hockey game. Uh, first and foremost, Drew Lane, who has supported the game every year with a very generous donation. So Drew, thank you once again for everything you do for us for everything you do for kids. And Drew is a well-known benefactor of the East side because, uh, thanks to, um, thanks to, uh, our, uh, our mutual friend, uh, the late, great Mike super agent advisor to the world. Um, he supported Eagle sports, which allows kids to play baseball and soccer at Baldock park. So thanks Drew for everything you do. And uh, a little a little update on uh, on my campaign, if I may. You didn't need a breath there. I took one. <laughs> okay, Mark, you told me to let it go, right? I was well, just because ML was right. Shoplifters of the of world. of the world, shoplifters yeah. of the world, which is the Morrissey song, and it's based on a true story. I didn't know that either. Uh, it's a Smith song, but yeah. Oh my god! Um, yeah, he's a, he's a same artist. difference. You know what they say, Mark? Shoplifters of the world. Think it over. Think it over. Think it over. Campaign update. So that's why you told me to um, let it go. <laughs> a little bit. Sorry. I'm sorry. I disobeyed you. Sean, when is your birthday? I don't know. <laughs> what month? I was just hatched. Okay. I'll I'll have to do this in the pregame because I was hoping for a quick transition to a November Spawned a Monster joke, which, of course, is one of the great Morrissey songs of all time. Okay, fine. What were we talking about anyway? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Campaign Donating, update. Donating so campaigns. If, if you want to follow my city council White Savior candidacy, you can find it at ML for Detroit. That's ML number four Detroit on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Please look for it and like it. We will be posting lots of great content there and letting you know how things are going on with the campaign. And we have a new logo that you can see there. And I'm very curious to get people's feedback on the logo. Uh, it is uh, it is the final incarnation of a logo that has been evolving for a couple of months that had an amazing genesis on what the concept started with. Uh, probably not. Final version. No, it's really cool. Oh, probably not. Yeah, and do, I'm do, sure the logo is great. Do you want me to tell you? Genesis probably isn't amazing, me, but the logo. Genesis is your favorite band? But the logo, not really, but the logo is cool. me, 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 me. Lots of drums. Me, 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 me. No? Not a Genesis fan? Where can I see this logo? Yeah, just show us the logo. We don't really need you the like, backstory. You like Peter Gabriel, Genesis, better? That's the I'm thing. If you're, if you're cool, that's what you're supposed to, right? I'm a dog climbing into a castle. I'm Peter Gabriel. That's the original. You're uh, probably a 
David Lee Roth guy over uh, Sammy Hagar? Is that what you're saying? Well, uh, I am a never, close. never Van Halen. Yeah, what's wrong Sorry. with you? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'm a totally Valerie Bertinelli guy. Soft. But not a... Uh, yeah, she's, so- she's got a nice uh, career right now as a sort of a foodie. It's interesting. Well, yeah. Eating it all. Oh, my God. What? I thought Bad Jennings was gone. Well, I like to eat. So have you guys seen the logo? We'll no, it I'm looking for it. I can't oh, Where's find the logo? It. Where do I find it at? We'll, we'll put it... Uh, ML number four Detroit on Twitter, on Facebook, ah. and on Instagram. We will put it up on our website, which is mlsoldetroit.com, so you can take a look at it. Did it take a long time picking a logo? Uh, it did because you know how difficult it is for me to make a decision. I like yeah. to go over stuff and maybe work it to Whoop. death. But I would, I would say, and I'm, I'm interested in other people's opinions, that we we hit a home run on this one. Where is it, Mark? Did, you, it did was, you find it? it was not well yet. Worked. No. So yes, yeah. uh, we we continue to be on the cutting edge of technology and social That's media nice. here at ML Soul of Detroit. It's a crack staff. Um, as in ask crack. Well, you're doing a good job of making it available, clearly. Well, I, all it requires is minimal effort, so I can understand why this is so confounding. The actual Twitter handle is DetroitML4. Well, if you type in ML4 Detroit. Yeah, well, now up. I found it. Oh, I like it. It's not bad. I mean, mainly because your name's front and center. Oh, so he's, he's got sunshine rays above the city of Detroit. Like, that's, here that's comes, here comes Jesus. It's oh, good luck. Nice. Hey, but there was news in city council news because Gabe Leland said he's not going to run again. That 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 wasn't much of a surprise, was it? Are you allowed? To, will, you, will you comment on that? Uh, Gabe Leland uh, entered a plea deal to <laughs> no, admit to felony misconduct in office. Well, he shouldn't the, have been allowed to run. Well, since when does that keep anybody from under, exactly under running. the city charter? Uh, he should have been removed from office. I don't know why that case has not progressed. It is one of the the reasons why I'm running for city council because I will not sit at the table with a rat and not say, there's a rat in here. Uh, mm. But Gabe Leland, uh, yes, what a bold move from Mr. Leland to announce that he will not run for um, re-election. I think, uh, I think uh, that will not be. Uh, that's sort of like saying, today I will not fly. Yeah. So the so the logo that suggests that what there's a new day? No, no. So so here's the thing. Last week on at Elric on Twitter and ML No Periods Elric on Facebook, I posted this logo and you will see it's kind of rounded at the bottom and the rays shoot out even more and it has a slightly different look and shape. And when I talked to uh, our artist, I said, you know, we, we refined it a little bit. Um and and I thought I really love that logo, but I was wondering, you know, that round shape at the bottom where you're trying to say, you know, Detroit is on top of the world. Detroit's its own ecosystem because it kind of looked like it was in a planarium or something like that. And he told me, and it's frigging genius. And I can't believe, I it, it was such a high level concept that it was almost beyond comprehension. He modeled it after the spirit of Detroit where he holds up the globe with uh, the rays radiating out of it. And that's where those rays are. It's the city of Detroit being held up in the hand of the spirit. But it of suggests Detroit. that you're going to save the city, right? No, it just it's, says it's more of a morning in America kind of thing with uh, it Reagan. Says that the spirit of Detroit and I have the same hair, but he has better pets. So you challenge Reagan. What? By the way, what the fuck is going on up there today? I've heard the dog. I know. I've heard some kind of TV. Right now, I hear what sounds like a a tornado warning. That's what happens at the network. Well, I I hope the guy who's made all this possible doesn't disturb you anymore. (laughs) No, he's trying to do a fucking show down here, and I just have heard Sean. What's that? He doesn't want to. He's trying to wake you up. Yeah. Okay. 
So we've had oh, more f bombs no, from it was, Sean than we've had Kilpatrick references. Oh, yeah. what, what do we put up for that? Is that talking about Mike Retire? Do we put a took horn? care of a, a couple of months worth of f bombs for us today? I think he's not. A, he's not. Oh, a I've been awake the whole time. It's just you know hockey and whatever and charity and Mike's great and helping kids. Okay, that's great. All right. Yeah, you know you're right. Why would anybody help kids and do charity? I mean, I I, I, I love or, atta- I love attacking but and. I love attacking him out, but it is for uh, there is a good cause. No, no, no! I think it's great. This feels a lot like the campaign where every good thing I've ever done has been turned against me. But uh, that's the way it goes. Um, (laughs) We'll do the thing and don't pat yourself on the back. Just do it, and then I think we're good. (laughs) I I mean, that's just my opinion. So Sean is someone who I guess has not been involved in helping other people. Um, You know, you mentioned these events, so you can mention the patronisty website. Oh, I know, I know. You have to advertise because you get more people donating. I understand that. Any other uh, election updates? Um, Yes, Sean will not be a candidate for chief of staff if I'm successful. Um, Okay. But um, I want to give you a little show update, though. This is no. I would be I would be happy to to help in any way I can. Okay, then stay away from the campaign. Um, the, the, <laughs> I your, know you've already done enough damage. Yes, your your non endorsement will be much appreciated if um, if it's at all possible. Um, we uh, we uh, have decided uh, that we will not be seeking the imbecile vote. Um, I wanted to give you a little update on an anomaly that happened. This show uh, routinely ranks in the top 100 news, news news commentary um <laughs> segment um we are uh the uh. top news commentary podcast in michigan um last week we ranked uh, our peak in the u.s chart was 118 mm. uh not a great week but uh, we'll take it um clearing away the highest rated news commentary podcast in michigan can anybody guess where we ranked in the UK chart last week? Number one. UK? Yes. I'm shocked we were ranked. 108. Oh, wow. So last week, this podcast did better in the shrinking United Kingdom than it did here in the United States. So I'm wondering if that's the power of room 7609. Right, maybe. Or if we're just getting a post-Brexit bounce. So, Where uh, they just want to listen to what three foolish Americans... Yes, Sound it, like? it, it, it fosters their sense of superiority. Exactly. Right? Like, exactly. There's those colonists again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, guess what? We kicked your ass 200 and something years ago, and we'll do it again if we have to. Um, I have a lot of feedback, so I'm going to try and go through this as quickly as possible. Oh, boy. Uh, Tina writes in, is this shtick? Is he now secretly friends with the f- prosecutors and federal lawyers he goes up against? Referring to Mike Ratai. I picture all these lawyers yucking it up on the weekend, smoking cigars and sipping bourbon at some country club. Um, I-, I would say that does not describe Mike Ratai. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe shotgunning a beer and punching a guy on the next stool because he said something about one of his clients. That, I believe. Uh, Ingrid writes, is it too late for a question on today's Soul of Detroit show? Why, Ingrid, funny you should ask. Last week, Michael mentioned how the policy that city employees no longer had to reside in the city devastated his East English Village, Detroit neighborhood about 20 years ago. That would be a fascinating topic to expand on. As someone who does not live in Detroit, I don't know who pursued the end of that policy. I think Michael said Governor John Engler. So I'm curious why Engler took that up or would even care. It'd be interesting to hear Michael detail how rapidly his neighborhood changed. I'm assuming that's not something Michael can attempt to reverse on city council. Um, briefly, city unions wanted the governor to end residency so they could live wherever they wanted. And Mayor Dennis Archer, 
who disagreed with that policy was not able to stop Governor Engler from implementing it, and so it became the law of the land. Unfortunately, Detroit City Council does not have the power to overrule state law, but if I am elected to City Council, I will do everything I possibly can to encourage Detroit uh, employees to live in the city they serve because it's when we live where we work that we better understand the issues and the challenges of our neighbors. So great question, Ingrid. And, uh, and it, it really, it really hurt the city. It was a, 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 a tricky, tricky policy. Um, so uh, it's probably time we address um, last week's uh, shall we say controversy about oh, the graphic that was posted with our show. Wait, is there feedback there for that? Uh, Grace writes, Dear ML, isn't it interesting how certain sycophantic bootlickers have no sense of humor when it comes to a podcast image reflecting a gag order, NDA plus taxpayer-funded payout, but they seem to have a huge sense of humor when it comes to sharing Madam Governor's cringy custom T-shirts and painfully unfunny Saturday Night Live skits. Great point. Also found it odd how Lansing ace Craig Mauger dropped a scoop on you detailing he's been blackballed by Whitmer's office for seven months. And from listening to your Red Shovel colleague, LaDuff, he's also been blackballed by Whitmer in Nestle's office. I don't yeah. know if that's true, but, uh, um, but, um, oh, it's, uh, he had, well, I don't know if blackballed, but we've, he's tried to have him, have him on. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's different than being blackballed. I mean, Craig is attending press conferences, trying to ask questions and he's been de- denied his opportunity. Well, once again, what happened last week is everybody ignores all those issues and got really upset about a, a, a stupid picture, a throwaway picture, a dumb picture where I, I, frankly, I feel like I'm being kink shamed because I was wearing a ball gag in the photo, but that wasn't acceptable for some people because Whitmer, I guess, was looking like a dominatrix and that's not acceptable? Well, I, I don't think she looked like a dominatrix. She looked like someone in charge, which she is. Um, She's trying to get people to stop to not talk by having them sign NDAs. That's the whole, it's the whole see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Sure. So, so we, we altered the image uh, for the record. Um, I, I think people know this. But I apologize for the image. I said I regretted the image. I was sorry that uh, it offended people. And I'll, and I'll say this. You had no part of making that image. That's what pissed me off, too. But you know what? Your name's on the I, I'm responsible. You're Look, responsible. I get it. The buck stops here. The, the, you know, I'm not blaming anybody else. I'm blaming myself. I'm blaming myself because I can see in retrospect how some people would be offended. And, uh, and I'm sorry for it's my role in that. in my opinion. But, but here's the biggest thing. We made a change in the graphic because we came up, we spend about minutes creating these graphics and that's going to change. I'll, I'll spend more time and put more thought into it because images do have power, but we changed the graphic so that we could continue to focus the on debate what on did. what the action was. This was, so I'm getting, I'm getting hammered by people like you caved, you this, you that. Fine. You're entitled to your opinion. Okay. But the issue is, we want to focus on the public policy debate. That is what is important. That is why we had Craig on the show. By the way, did you notice that that same day when we said, hey, Craig, have you found yeah, anybody yeah, another else? One he found a third person. <laughs> and if you go to Detroit News yeah. today, debtnews.com today, please subscribe. He found another person. Mauger's doing so great So Craig Mauger is a killer. And the Free Press has been doing good work on this as well. Um, but listen, here's the deal, folks. We want to keep the focus on the topic. There are a lot of people who want to move the focus People were offended. Yeah. They, I don't, they I don't were wanna... fairly offended, and I'm sorry 
that I offended them. I want to talk about the matter at hand. We've already spent enough time talking about issues that are not the matter at hand. Um, Back to uh, Grace's point. None of the newsrooms we know are listening to the podcast who are listening to the podcast thought this conduct from the governor's office warranted even a tweet in solidarity of their professional colleagues, meaning Craig Mauger, who was ignored for seven months. For the last four years, we'd national outrage from news personalities and White House Correspondents Association whenever Trump's press staff didn't let, say, CNN ask a question for a day or two. It's sad how Michigan newsrooms are full of toady lapdog ass kissers. It's tough to follow it anymore, let alone pay to subscribe to any of it. They're basically nothing but PR shops for the losing for the for the ruling class. Grace, I gotta tell you, I disagree with that last part, but I do think it is interesting that the reporter who sought to make an issue of the image made no mention whatsoever of shutting out Craig Mauger. I had that had not occurred to me till I read your email, but it's an excellent point, Grace. Um Thank you. Uh, and I'm not suggesting that someone be mad about what happened to Craig and not mad about the image. I'm just saying, if you're going to be outraged, be outraged about yeah, what's more outrageous? all the outrages. Yeah. Okay. And maybe prioritize them. Um, Julie writes, uh, I hope this email finds you well. I want to say congratulations on running for city council. My name is Julie and I'm the outreach coordinator for soul strategies, a field organization dedicated to building political campaigns. Thanks, Julie. We're good. Um, Stephen writes. uh, uh, Wow, Stephen writes. That's a lot of H's. Hey, sometimes when I have a lot on my mind, I sit in my favorite chair and listen to Royce Cop for a while too. (laughs) Melody AM is one of the greatest albums ever. That video to Porlino, right? I greatly enjoy the podcast. I'm a Jehovah's Witness, so I endeavor to stay politically neutral. Interesting. But I appreciate your insights on the city I was born in and don't understand as much as I would like. My dad had a chance to buy a house in Indian Village in 1983 for a song, and he passed. Schmuck, his word, not mine. I appreciate your work. I'm conflicted about the end, but I appreciate the spirit and the ethic. Yours, Steve. Wait a second. Mel- Melody, is that the song that's used in the Caveman commercials? Uh, that's. I think that's on that album. That's, uh, uh, you know. Never, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a great song. It's a great And the thing about and Royce. a great Cap, ad, by the way. It is. Uh the one where he's on the uh, the moving sidewalk, all the other caveman ones. I hate Geico; they're they're corny as hell. But that is that's genius. <laughs> it Not is worth it's making really a sitcom clever. out of it. No, I agree. But, but for thirty it. seconds, it's really really clever. Oh, just the look on the caveman's face. I mean, he's just like, oh, and, the, and then it just crosses. Yeah. Sorry, that pulled an hour. I moved away from the mic, and then he just crosses <laughs> his. Uh, arms and the the exasperation and they weren't going to be able to hear you cross your arms whether you were close to the mic or not no i know i know but i was trying to explain that but that's okay context is nothing for you no when when i see that commercial by the way quit i'll go ahead i i I think that that look on his face is the same look our listeners get when the new show drops they're like oh here this shit goes again okay i'll listen to it (laughs) you know right sean i'm sorry no go ahead sean i I like what you said uh, i like what you said earlier Mm. <laughs> you remember what you said earlier? What did I say earlier? Nothing. Mike is right. Oh, Mike is right. Did we? Did we say, did say that? Cyrus take us out? Oh, um, no, no. Oh, damn. You said that. Wait, yeah. We, yeah. Go ahead. It was just starting to get fun. Uh, anyways, we we appreciate everybody listening. We appreciate your support, and we would appreciate it if you would support the other Red Shovel Network shows. That's the Drew and Mike podcast, and of course Charlie Ladoff's No BS News Hour, and. Because Mark asked so sweetly, I'm going to turn to my friend Cyrus and 
Oh, you know what? I'm what? sorry. What else? What did we forget? We, we are trying to get the guy who murdered Cyrus in the Warriors to come on a future show. Oh. He's a Detroit guy. He's been in a lot of movies. You will Spoiler know him alert. the minute you see him and hear him. So we are trying to get him on the show. And next week will be our St. Patrick's Day show. We will have we will be going around the country to talk to some of our favorite and most interesting guests. And we are expecting a visit from the Lord Mayor of Cork, County Cork, Ireland. So you will not want to miss next month's show. I can't wait, which is why I tell Cyrus, get us out. It's almost next week. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Maddie. Close your mouth. It makes you look even less intelligent. If that's possible. I was thinking. Good heavens, no. Yeah. From my experience in this year case, I come to the conclusion that books is real useful. Splendid. Does that mean you're going to learn how to read? <laughs> but if I ever get tired of driving a cab, maybe I too write a book. Oh, that's wonderful. Betty. What's it going to be about? How about my own life story, huh? You know, a guy sees a lot of things in the rearview mirror of a taxi. Uh, most commendable project. And I believe I can suggest a title for your autobiography. Huh? From the works of the Bard himself. You can? Mr. Elric. What is it? From Macbeth, Act 5, Scene 3. A tale told by an idiot. <laughs>